welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. All summer, I've had the date of August 30th in my head. Why? Is it because it's the start of the college football season? No, it is because it is when we will gather together the syndicate for the first Locks pod of the 2018 season. Chip Patterson here, Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli. Gentlemen, how are we feeling going into our first Locks? I guess it's our second Locks pod because we did the win totals, but this is our week one Locks pod. Game week's a whole different animal. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, you know, this has been a a, um, a topsy turvy, emotionally turbulent few days here. As I've I've narrowed down my list, I started with I've looked at the list, felt like there was no games I liked. Dug in, felt like there was about twenty five games I liked, <laughs> and then. My three-year-old kept me up all night with no regard for the fact that the locks pod is in the morning, and now I've woken up and I'm once again like scared to death and think all my picks suck. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm in a similar situation in which I started off with probably about 15 games that I considered locks, and then I spent a good part of my Wednesday evening whittling that list down by quite a bit just to stay, you know, rational and not get too crazy to start but I'm, I'm pretty confident in all of them how uh do we i've, I've got a, a six pack i feel solid about and i've got two logs that are probably going to be put on the fire so i think i'm trying out <laughs> an eight pack today what about y'all i got um, i got six and i got four that are that have been that are in the scrap pile that i don't think i'm going to go to but you know like if if i start getting in a groove here and by the end of the pod i got my confidence back i might throw another log or two on the fire i got i got seven if we're including thursday games oh do you want all right so we're recording this here on thursday morning this will be out uh if you're listening right as it hit your phone which by the way Everyone be, should be subscribing to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. We just switched over for uh, to a new server for easier and faster ways to get you the podcast as soon as they're done. So uh, if you received uh, a podcast twice, it's because we love you twice as much. But you shouldn't be having any of that, and you should be subscribed to it so that you can be able to uh, get these instantly. I don't, I don't have any Thursday picks on my lock slate. So, Tom, you want to give away a freebie right here at the start? Sure. Uh, take the under 57 and a half in Wake Forest and Tulane on Thursday night. Mm. That's just, I mean, it's Tulane is an option, an option offense under Willie Fritz. Wake Forest has a solid defense, and it's missing a couple key contributors on offense, so I don't expect it to be that explosive in the opener. Tulane's going to limit possessions and take time off the clock because its defense isn't exactly a strength, and it'll want to you know keep keep it off the field as much as possible. I, I like the under fifty-seven and a half. Mm. So that is that is locks status, huh? Oh, that's a lock for me. So I uh, one of my just missed was also a total play for a Thursday night game. And I just – Northwestern scared me a little bit, which is, I guess, why this number is where it is. But I felt like the over 52-and-a-half in Purdue Northwestern was pretty enticing. Um, I, I know that's 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 out of character for you, Tom, to be uh, – but you're I also – I am personally I, offended. <laughs> you, you are also a North – you know, you are in the Northwestern um, – sphere of influence up there what what's what was that tempting at all uh no i'm actually on the under in that one <laughs> that's, that's what I figured. All right. not a lock though but that was that was one of the original 15 that got whittled down i just feel like purdue's gonna score points on everybody and no and everyone's gonna score points on purdue and i just that that number just seemed seemed like a old school big 10 game not a not a new school big 10 game but uh Hey, I'll, I'll 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 lay off it and uh, trust trust the under aficionado. All right, uh, you guys ready to lock it up? Yup. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. 
come get these locks. Five star master lock, lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point, every cover. All right, Barton, you get to go first. Um, let's. What's your first lock? Um. Well, we're gonna play the hits, and we're gonna go Michigan, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm a little bit. It, it's it's a little unsettling that like all the analytics people and all and like there's in what Vegas also seems to be on Notre Dame's side of this. So maybe I'm just wrong. And I obviously I picked Michigan in my college football playoffs. And that's and I have I've also acknowledged that that is could be the worst pick of my career. Like that's what? that's a no. scary pick. No. <laughs> but I figure like if I believe in Michigan, which I do, like I'm gonna I'm gonna play them week one because I think they're just better than Notre Dame. And and look, if this could be the the one Michigan play that I I get wrong and then I'll 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 correct myself. But look, right now going into the season, I think this Michigan team, it's its one of the best defenses in the country. And I know Notre Dame is good, and defensively in particular they're good, but like Notre Dame doesn't have a Rashawn Gary. Notre Dame doesn't have a Devin Bush even, I don't think. Um, Notre, da- Notre Dame is, is a really good defense without, I think, superstar power. Like that defensive front doesn't have t- – day two NFL guys. You don't think so, Jerry Tillery's a day two NFL guy? I don't think so. Mm. I mean, I could look, maybe, maybe he proves me wrong, but I don't think so. And so I just think when you talk about offensively from Michigan, I expect them to be improved with Shea Patterson in their center. I, I think that Shea Patterson is better than what Notre Dame is trotting out there at quarterback. And I think from a personnel standpoint, Michigan's got more than what that what Notre Dame has on offense, with the exception of offensive line, which and that's that's not a small exception. But I just think a better team is going to win this game in a in a grinded out matchup. You know, it could be something like twenty four seventeen. But I mean, if Michigan's catching points where I've seen it, so give me the one and a half points, and I'm picking Michigan to win. Yeah, this is a game. I mean, the line on this game has been all over the place. It originally opened with Michigan as a one and a half point favorite. Then it's kind of gone to a pick them back to Michigan. And now it's back to where you said Notre Dame's the one and a half point favorite. And for me, I think that's an accurate reflection of this game because I feel like this is honestly a coin flip as far as the spread and who's going to win it. Uh, if I'm on anything on this game, and I'm, I'm not, but I prefer the under in this game simply because as you said, Michigan's defense is amazing. Notre Dame's defense is good. Michigan has questions on the offensive line. Notre Dame has to replace the entire left side of its offensive line that went, you know, the top 15 picks in the NFL draft. So that's not super easy to just throw two new guys in there and be at the same level they were last year. So I see a situation where there are going to be two offensive lines having some problems with the defensive lines, and that's going to make it a lot harder for both teams to score a lot of points. So I'm more comfortable with the under. But as far as the spread goes, yeah, I – Michigan can win this game by 10. Notre Dame can win this game by 10. I, I don't know which way it's going to go. We have lock agreement. And I'd be nervous about it, Barton. But uh, but I, I had this one down on my pad as Michigan pick them. If we're going to get it at Michigan plus one and a half, let's go. Yeah. I'll take it. Um, I, I, I think that this is an interesting spot because the, what is it, 16 straight road losses against top 25 teams for Michigan. Uh, this is this really would be unfamiliar territory, but I think that this could be an unfamiliar season in terms of Michigan actually. I don't know if Michigan's going to win the Big Ten, but I think that as we sit here at the start of the season, everything from you know Barton's super optimism to you know the, even understanding Tariq Black's in, injury, I don't know if they're going to win the Big Ten, but I feel like Michigan will not fall short of being one of the better teams in college football this year. And if that's going to happen, then you know, like like we said, it, it it's either boom or bust week one. So, uh, so Barton, I'm with you. I'm going Michigan yeah. plus one and a half here. Lock agreement. This, like week one is like I, I toyed with having this off just because there's too much uncertainty. But like week one is the time to say, look, all right, let's just let's just test myself out here. Like this is I I have these opinions on these teams. Vegas has the opinions on these teams. And so I'm just going to go head to head with Vegas. Like this is the one time in the year where I think you can just decide 
I know more than Vegas does here. <laughs> and 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 like that's by week five, that's not the case anymore. By week two, that's not the case anymore. But by week one, I'm gonna just trust myself and and see how I do. I yeah, see, I, I'm just interested in watching Michigan's offensive line in this game because to me that's the only question I really have about this team. And if this offensive sure. line shows that it can play well, then all of a sudden, in my mind, this is a title contender. The uh, <laughs> What's the – I don't know if we've got crosswinds, Tom, but I did see that we had inclement weather uh, because the jokes were floating around. Like, remember when Notre Dame came to Raleigh in the middle of the hurricane – and mm-hmm. Brian Kelly decided that in the middle of the hurricane was the time when you're only going to pass the ball. Let's throw the ball like 40 times in a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when there was some inclement weather in the forecast, and uh, then that's that's. I was like, hmm. Last time I saw Notre Dame do this, decision making wasn't great. We'll see as, how this goes. As of right now, the forecast calls for possible white rain, so mm-hmm. it doesn't oh, sound like much. we're going to see a deluge in South Bend at this point. Too bad. All right, Tom. What's uh what's what's your first lock on the pad? Well, I'm going to go with one of, you know, Barton talked about how he's really high on Michigan this year, has it going to the playoff, and it might be the worst pick of his career. I feel similarly about Washington myself. I am I am very, very much on the Washington train, and I do worry that maybe it's clouding my judgment a bit too much in this pick, but I don't care. I'm riding with it. I like Washington plus two and a half against Auburn because when I look at this matchup, even though the game's in Atlanta – Auburn probably has the second best defensive line in the country, better than Alabama's, only behind Clemson's. And I think that's definitely a good thing for Auburn. But Washington's defense itself is still pretty good, even though it lost a key part of that at defensive tackle to the NFL. But then I look on the other side of the ball, Washington also has a talented and experienced offensive line. It has mm-hmm. a senior quarterback and a senior running back in Miles Gaskin and you know, and returning talent at other skill positions. And then I look at that Auburn offensive line, which has a lot of players to replace. And as far as career starts are concerned, Auburn is one of the least experienced offensive lines in the Power Five and in the country. So I look at that matchup in this game in which I expect to be a close game and see that Auburn's offensive line has to go against a very veteran and solid Washington front seven. And even though Auburn's front seven is going to give Washington plenty of its own problems, I think Washington is better equipped to withstand it at least a little bit to to be able to sustain drives. I don't feel the same way about Auburn. So when I look at this spread and I see Washington catching two and a half points, and then I realize that the coaching matchup is Chris Peterson versus Gus Malzahn, I really like Washington and the points in this one. Lock it up. Yeah, I'm I'm locked up with uh, with Washington too, and I'm going to quote Kenny White, our guest from uh, Wednesday. You got you got Chris Peterson and Gus Malzahn coaching advantage. Who are you giving the check to? to I mean, this is uh, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. Yeah, Chris Peterson, neutral site. I'm uh yeah I'm I I am testing my Washington playoff pick because the only way, in my opinion, Washington makes it to the college football playoff is by beating Auburn week one. I don't. I don't think that. I think a loss here would lead to them not being able to have that extra little tiebreaker that they would potentially need. Because I do think that they'll probably lose a game in Pac-12 play. And so, yeah, man. I'm. This is Barton. This is like you testing your Michigan pick. If I'm. If I've got Washington in the playoff, they have to win this game. I'll take them as an underdog. I'm locking up Washington two and a half. I. I was. Um, I. I agree with all of your your reasonings there guys the only like here, here's my only hesitation is the last time we saw jake browning play against a defensive front like this was the 2016 playoffs and that wasn't pretty he got at skunked all. like that was that was scarring to me i will forever see jake browning differently and until this weekend hey maybe he maybe he looks different and now i can start to look at him in a different light but that worries me you know, I think they're, with them playing right in SEC country is worries me a little bit. I, there's some element to like whatever, like Chris Peterson. It doesn't matter. Like he's he's gonna have them ready for that. They should. They won't be scared. Um, but I, I like I like Auburn to win this game. But I heard a little something this week that scared me about Auburn, and I've backed off it. And I'm gonna. I don't want to spread rumors, so I'm gonna wait until next week to. To say what I heard, but I, I'm I'm more in Washington's camp right now than I was maybe wow. 48 hours ago. Wow, 
what did you hear 48 <laughs> hours ago? Uh, I will I will reveal what I heard like next week. Okay. But I don't want to I don't want to start rumors because this it's unsubstantiated right now. You you're just saying that reading the tea leaves the tea tastes a little funny right now around the tigers. Well, a little can bit. I, can I ask is it like suspension related? No, not suspension related. But okay. it yeah, yeah, not suspension related. But just performance related. <laughs> just listen man you this is, this <laughs> so it's so it's performance related we know that now is it the offensive line <laughs> so everybody has the same concerns that we do on this podcast did, did jared stidham's arm fall off in <laughs> all Let's right just see what happens if 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 you'll be able to tell quickly if i if what i heard if it if it's true i'll say that uh all right so we have washington for chip and Tom, um, Michigan for Barton and Chip. Let's go back to Barton. All right, I'm going to go off of the Blue Bloods for a minute here because I want to make sure I get my five-star Blue Plate special lock in early in the pod. Um, That's for the people. That's Barton doing it for y'all. That's Barton making sure that you get it in in the first 20 minutes. The loyal listeners, give us a five-star review for that one. Uh, This is Vanderbilt minus three. Lock that up. Okay. So the line for this Vanderbilt game is like moving dramatically in favor of of, uh, Middle Tennessee State. Um, I think it opened – I don't know what it was this summer, but at some point – this line was at like, let me let me see if I can find it. like all right. We'll open at six and a half, and it's down to three, and it's like down to two and a half some places, and I I get it I guess because there's this there's this narrative that Vanderbilt is not very good this year, and Miss and MTSU is good this year, and they've got Brent Stock still still back, and they've got a good defense and. You know, Tony Franklin's always got them scoring points, et cetera. But I think that the the narrative on Vanderbilt being bad is false. It's just that they're not as good as the rest of the SEC. This is actually going to be, I think, clearly Vanderbilt's best offense under Derek Mason. Kyle Shermer is an NFL quarterback. This is their best offensive line they've had in several years. This Keyshawn Vaughn, a transfer from Illinois, is getting like they they love him in camp. They're saying he's better than Ralph Webb, who's Vanderbilt's all time leading rusher. He is, and like Vanderbilt's going to win this game. And and just to to hammer the point home here, in 2015, the the first time of this that four year stretch here playing MTSU, Vanderbilt was actually a two point dog. They're catching two points. They won by four. 2016. Three-point favorite, they won by 23. Last year, three-point favorite, won by 22. This year, three-point favorite, expect the same result. This is going to be a Vanderbilt win, and I, I, I actually think MTSU is good, and, and I would be inclined to pick MTSU if the line was more reasonable at like 10 points or something, but Vanderbilt's going to win if you're going to – I mean, they're winning the game, and they're going to win by more than three. I don't have a strong feeling, but I – Sure, don't disagree. I mean, I'm sure as hell not going to doubt your analysis it's, of the 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 Tennessee rivalry right now. I mean, just just based on like pure, simple, basic principles of it's hard to take a Conference USA team on the road and an SEC team that's only getting three points. It's um, it's yeah, I, I don't it's. I don't know why Vegas has liked MTSU so much each of the past three years. Like, I, I don't understand it. Is Maybe it, Stock kind of, still owns a casino or something. Is going to get this one wrong, too. Is Lil Stock still still the quarterback? He's he's like 33 years old. But he he's, is, for real? Yeah, he's still there. <laughs> yeah. He's literally like older than me. Like, he's... <laughs> 33. Like he's, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Barton's on Vanderbilt minus three. Uh... Do we have any Miami LSU lock action? Uh, we might, yeah. Tom, I am on Miami minus three and a half. <sighs> lock it up for me. This is just—I don't trust 
LS, I don't trust LSU's offense nearly as much as I trust Miami's right now. I look at the, these teams, and it's you know they're both have really good defenses. LSU's defense is going to be fine. Miami's defense returns most everybody from last year's unit, which led the nation in sacks per game. And that's where I feel like the advantage is going to be because that Miami pass rush is really effective. And I look at an LSU offense that's got some new faces on it, not quite as experienced as a lot of other teams. And it has Joe Burrow starting at quarterback, who is very talented, but has yet to actually play a college game, you know, to play a game in anger at this point. So I feel like this is going to be a very difficult test for him in his very first career start against a very good Miami defense, a very fast Miami defense. And I just have a feeling that we're going to see Burroughs make a turnover, you know, create a turnover or two for the Miami defense. That turnover chain is going to come out. They're going to score a touchdown. And I think that's going to end up being the difference in covering this game because I just don't see LSU having enough success on offense to be able to catch up or at least keep up with Miami. That's not it's not like Miami's going to put up 30 something points, but it's just I don't see LSU having the horses right now to keep track. Maybe as the year goes on that LSU offense improves, but right from the gate, I'm just not expecting big things from it. And I think Miami's just period you know, point blank, the better team anyway. So the hook is a little scary. Oh, the hook is terrifying. But I'm still very much on Miami here. Wow. I and I left left a lock fight on the cutting room floor. This was one of my cuts, LSU plus three and a half. Uh I I actually like this is I, I left it on the cutting room floor because this is a very hunchy pick for me. I there everything you're saying makes sense. I just have a hunch that LSU goes into that game and I mean LSU's defense is is salty now. I mean, they they got this is as good of a defensive unit as as you're going to find in most of college football, and it's got even better when Christian Fulton got eligible to play, to be the cornerback opposite Greedy Williams. So, I think the defense is going to be good. I think you know, do you trust Malik Rozier more than Joe Burrow? I mean, yeah. All right, I I don't necessarily. Um, so I'm I am. I think that this is a game that LSU just is is on a neutral field. Like I think that they get up for this game, and and we remember how talented they still are, and I think that they win this game. Um, but I'm but I'm not I'm not calling for a lock. So I I think that this might be one of the best games that LSU plays all year. Like you Agreed. know when uh, like, I I think about when. LSU teams that weren't uh, world beaters are are going into the fourth quarter against Alabama 0-0. I mean, just L- because of the talent level within that program and especially just on the personnel on the defensive side, LSU is the only team, the only team in my opinion on Miami's schedule that has the cornerbacks to match up with Amon Richards and Jeff Thomas. I think it's going to be really, really tough for Miami's offense to get much going. On the flip side... I do think that uh, I do think that Miami's defense is going to feast a little bit, and that's why I mean I like I seriously think this is going to be one of those games that like comes down to a punt return or a pick six or something. I mean, if I'm if I'm on anything here, I think I'm I'm going to be making a like a, a sun Sunday because you're it, you just need the itch and you need the sweat. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to throw this one out here as a lock, but if you really want to live on Sunday night. Under forty six and a half looks like so much fun. <laughs> Just if you like, if you want to be sitting there at seventeen fourteen at halftime calculating how you're going to cover the under, this is going to be the way to live. Like you remember, like in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, like every year Miami and Florida State would play early in the season, and the and the scores are like sixteen ten, ten seven, thirteen ten, and it's just like just dudes everywhere. No one can move the ball just because there's just so much talent all over the field. That's what this game feels like to me is just like we're going to look up and we're just going to be like, man, these guys are flying. Who, who's going to score on either of these teams all year long? And, and I just think it's going to be that type of game to where one big play could be the difference. One punt returns the difference. Uh, and I, and I, could, I, I just am visualizing LSU pulling something out there. All right, so Tom, Washington, two and a half, Miami, three and a half, Barton, Michigan, one and a half, Vanderbilt, minus three. I've got Michigan, one and a half, Washington, two and a half, 
and I am on Monday night. Speaking of that that uh, that vibe, we've got an a over under that has reached all the way up to fifty six for Florida State and Virginia Tech. And I know that we've got the lethal simplicity of Willie Taggart, but I believe that this is going to be a game because of the long wait for Monday night and because of the long wait for what's probably going to be what? Like, uh, what are they going to do? They're going to say the game starts at 8, but it's probably not going to start till like 8.27, and we're going to do an extended intro, and we're going to have to watch uh, the horse come and plant the spear at midfield. It's It's going to be... It's sort of almost what I would consider the the Super Bowl effect, where you just are kind of sitting around. So I'm going to say that it's a, a clunky start to Florida State Virginia Tech, a game where Cam Akers puts it away late. And so at at 56 on principle, I'm going to take the under right there. And don't forget the Imagine Dragons concert. Are you serious? Or is that are you no, just saying like no. as another part of the ESPN? I, just, like? I feel like they're just going to show up and put on a concert because that's what they do. That is what they do. Uh, any any Florida State Virginia Tech thoughts? We under are on or otherwise? lock agreement. All right, like I, that. I'm also on the under here. Uh, this is a very strong trend to back your play and mine, Chip. In the last ten seasons, in Virginia Tech conference games, the under has gone 56 and 28. That is a 67 percent hit rate. They are one of the best under teams in the country, and in ACC games, it's even more so. So I'm very much with you. Under 55 and a half, Virginia Tech, Florida State. Bud Foster makes you money. Barton, you got any read on this game? No locks, I guess? I mean, I like Florida State to win. I just, I think Florida, like I, this is another one. Hey, I've been pounding my chest, calling for Florida State to be better than everyone's realizing. So they should probably beat the Virginia Tech team that loses a ton on defense and has had all this off-season attrition. Um, I, I'm, I, I would be scared to take the under personally because it feels like this is a Virginia. I, I don't think it's going to take much for Florida State to get going on offense, and I, I think Virginia Tech defensively could take a little bit more time than we're used to seeing for them to get their feet under them this season. Um, and I think if if you know, if there's a weakness on the Florida State side, it's you know they did lose a lot on the defensive side of the ball. So when I'm just looking at just personnel, I'm I can see these teams both putting up points on each other. So I'm mm. I would I nothing about the under entices me here, but um, but I'm not I'm I'm not playing the over either. I played this one out in my head at 35-17, a narrow cover, but that would be a cover for this. On the under, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a reasonable score for sure. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I mean that I could see that. I just I would be scared of it. All right, um, let's go back to Barton. What you got next? Uh, I'm gonna go with an under. Uh, I'm gonna whoa, go with whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, yeah, whoa. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little off off character here, off script. Barton, you shouldn't uh, shouldn't you be in uh, at that other party? Oh, hey, come on in, let's go. Yeah, this just feels this feels kind of uncomfortable in this <laughs> in this place. You guys are weird. Um, I got to overcome it later in the pod uh, for all the over lovers. But just to kind of try to fit in with you guys, I'm gonna do Cincinnati UCLA under sixty four. Um, I, I like thought up. I thought about going Cincinnati plus fourteen and a half, but I think the under sixty four is a little bit more. It covers kind of what my concerns are a little bit better. I, I think that the both of these lines, the total and the and the the spread, are a little bit of overvaluing just the name Chip Kelly. Like he's gonna have some work to do. Not to say that Chip Kelly in a in a home run hire he is. He'll you still he'll be great eventually. But it's just this is week one, and we don't know who's gonna be quarterback. That quarterback could potentially be Wilton Spate. Uh, this offense. I mean, they got like five guys suspended, um, inc- including Soso Jamabo. This offense too. Like the when you see it when 
I should say, when Oregon's piling up yards and under Chip Kelly and they're putting up these big points, it's about big plays. It's about long runs. It's about breakaways. And I and I don't. I'm trying to figure out who on this UCLA offense is going to give them those big plays right now. I, I don't. I don't necessarily see them right now with this personnel. So there's that part of it. There's the part of it too where I think Cincinnati is better defensively. Like that's. That's a spot I think that they've got some players that I, that I trust a little bit, especially in the defensive interior. And I just think that this is a this is an underwhelming opening week performance by UCLA, and everyone's like, "Oh, UCLA, they, they're not they they got a ways to go." It's like, "Yeah, what do you expect?" And it's going to be a lower scoring, less sexy game than anybody ex- sort of realizes. But hey, maybe there's still a chance Cincinnati can't get things going offensively. And UCLA still wins by 20, but it's going to be a, a you know a 35, 14, not a whatever, not a not a 30, not a you know 42, 31 or something. I mean, I wasn't going to take Cincinnati. I think you made the right pick there. <laughs> like, what yeah. do you know? What do you know about Cincinnati right now? I just know that they're. In, I mean, I think this is they're in year two of what's probably more like a three-year build. Yeah. Uh, like I, I think that I do think they'll be improved this year, but I think that this is like when you talk about the the progression of things, they probably had more than just one year's worth of of lumps they needed to take. So yeah, like I think that this is going to be some time. Um, but I, I mean, look, I think I. When I look at defensively, like Marquise Copeland is a, is is really good. That knows. I, I think Ethan Tucky, who's a transfer from BC, is a, has got a chance to be really good at line at, uh, at like edge. So there's there's enough. There, I, I know enough about Cincinnati to be dangerous, and uh, and enough to know I shouldn't take them, but I want to take the under. <laughs> I can't argue with it. I'm I'm staying away from UCLA for lock purposes, all plays. I need three games to readjust. Cause, cause part of my, my instinct Barton is that there might be some market inefficiency here just across the board, like fade UCLA and take unders just because of the chip Kelly influence. But I need to, I think I need to see some hard evidence before I move forward with that theory. Yeah. I mean, what, I don't know. Like I'd be a lot more, I'd be, if UCLA looks like, if they're clicking on all cylinders and they're and they're breaking off long runs and you know scoring on three play drives, I'd be a lot more surprised by that than if but than the alternative. I don't. I just I just think it's going to take a little bit of time. Maybe it, maybe it happens this year, but I just think it feels like more like a mid season, late season play. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I feel like that's not an offense that you just step in your very first game playing it and you've got it down pat. Yeah. Agree. Well, uh, in Charlotte on Saturday, the CBS game of the week is going to be West Virginia and Tennessee. And boys, I'm on the vowels. Ten points is what I'm going to get here. And this is a Tennessee team under Jeremy Pruitt that I am counting on to be salty and it is a West Virginia defense that I have very little trust in. And because of that, at a double-digit spread, I am more than happy uh, to take the the, the first-year coach bump. He's neutral field. He's got them ready to go. Seems like too many points for these two teams. I have generally been uh, not willing to commit as far on West Virginia in my preseason predictions. I've not been willing to go as far to name them a Big 12 dark horse. Like when we have to – how many times have we had to fill out an overrated or underrated in the last three weeks? I feel like yeah, I have yeah, – too many times. Yeah, too many times. I feel like I just keep going back, I don't know, West Virginia. I don't think they're the 17th best team in the country. And so uh, all of those things considered, I believe that there is – and, and Barton, you, I, I would be curious to hear your opinion on this one. I, I don't think that Tennessee's general roster talent level is reflective of a team that went 0-8 in SEC play. And because of that, I think there might be some value here. And what I – yeah, West Virginia's probably going to win, 
but I don't know for sure that they're going to win by 14 to 20 points. So I'll take the 10 and, uh, and hope that I get this cover. What is, is that what it's at? 10? 10. Yeah. Like I would feel I, like I, I like that play and I would be, if it, if it was like a 10 and a half or 11, I would like it even better, obviously. Um, and would maybe be more tempted to take it, but I, I agree with you. Like there's this, I mean, the, the it's going to take some time, I think for, for Tennessee, certainly, but the idea that this is some bare cupboard is I think probably inaccurate. Like the, the guys up front for Tennessee are big time recruits and can like how quickly is, is it does one spring and summer is that enough to sort of uh Corson uh some guys that have maybe gone soft I don't know but but certainly the talent is there I think even offensively there's talent there and so I I agree with your with your inclination here like and, and I think Tennessee is is probably a 5 and 17 this year but they're gonna like they're not terrible. Like they have talent. West Virginia is not gonna make them look stupid. No, they'll be re- they'll be ready to play that game. Uh, and 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 I'm with you, man. West Virginia is getting love from all over the place, getting playoff predictions and everything. Like, I, let's see it before. Like, that's I, I'm I am not convinced on West Virginia yet. Yeah, Tennessee plus ten just missed my locks cut for the pot. It was it was I think it was my last cut, but I, I'm with you, Chip. As far as Tennessee plus ten for a few reasons, um, we talk about like the hype for West Virginia because of Will Greer, but this is still a team that gave up like 32 points a game last year. <laughs> yeah. Its defense is still not good, and then just a fun trend. Since joining the Big 12 in 2012, West Virginia has played 10 neutral site games, both in the, between the regular season and the postseason. In those 10 games, it's one in nine against the spread. So, you know, that's 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 something that helps support the idea of Tennessee plus 10. What is that? Uh, is that one from one in nine Clemson? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Just hanging 70 on the board in uh, sunlight in Miami Gardens. Um, all right, let's go, Tom, back to you. Well, I've, I've got a lot of big games so far, so maybe we're going to take things, you know, into the weeds a little bit. Here the comes game Texas you mentioned State. earlier, Chip, but yes, <laughs> Texas State plus 16 and a half at Rutgers. Uh, this is, you know, it's, I just, I am not in a position where I'm willing to trust Rutgers as a three score favorite against anybody, not even a Texas State team that went 2-10 and 10 last year. I just don't trust that offense enough to think that it's going to be able to pull away. They've got a new quarter, you know, freshman QB starting in Art Sitkowski, which is a great name, but we don't know what he is as a quarterback in the college level, and I expect there to be some, you know, bumps in the road, even in the first game against Texas State. So I really like the Bobcats to stay within the number here. I don't expect them to pull off the upset, but I do think this is one of those situations, kind of a a lazy Saturday morning in New Jersey where Rutgers wins the game but doesn't exactly do anything to make anybody optimistic about the season while doing so. Um, Can I give you a little insight on Art Sitkowski? Sure. Okay. Uh, He is – he looks like a – first round defensive end like he's six four he's this huge kid huge arm when he throw when he's throwing on air he looks like a five-star first round quarterback like he is he's got a big arm he's a freaky talented kid at img academy last year he was 45 of 79 for 370 yards 57 percent completion two touchdowns four interceptions got beat outs uh during the year by Zach Anikstad, who's now a walk-on true freshman starter at Minnesota. The year before IMG Academy at in, in New Jersey, there, mind you, the highlights looked amazing, but then you look at the stats, he was 107 for 213, almost 1,200 yards, five touchdowns, 10 interceptions. This dude keeps on tricking people. He's not that good. He's just a he. He just. I mean, if if this guy comes out like guns blazing and looks good week one as a true freshman starter, uh, then congratulations. I'm happy for him. But I I've, I don't see that happening 
I think a fade Art Sitkowski as a first-week true freshman starter is probably a pretty good play. New principal, fade Art Sitkowski. <laughs> Let's <laughs> add it to the list. Uh, by the way, uh, you can, if uh, if you would like to see... I mean, I, I hope that the reason why you are coming to this podcast is for uh, for all of the wonderful... All of the wonderful picks from all of us. Tom Fernelli is a Sportsline certified expert. His Texas State pick is one that the subscribers of Sportsline were able to get. Because for winning picks and fantasy advice, you get it at Sportsline. They combine simulations with expert analysis from experts like Tom to give you an edge all football season. Sportsline members get picks from experts, former handicappers, and computer simulations, deep fantasy analysis covering who you should draft, add, start, and more. Plus, members have exclusive access to daily fantasy lineups from DFS millionaire Mike McClure. So join Sportsline today. Come and be a member. Join us. You get your first month for how much? Only $1. You can do so by using the promo code PASS at checkout. Just go to sportsline.com slash join and enter promo code PASS during payment to get Sportsline now for $1. Terms apply. Visit sportsline.com slash offer for details. Again, that's sportsline.com slash join. Offer code PASS to get your first month for $1. You know, Chip, you mentioned that I'm picking games for Sportsline, but what you forgot to mention is that I am the Sportsline's number three MLB expert. <laughs> so you so, moved up a point. You were number yeah. four last time I checked. Yeah, that's you must right. have had a winner. We're on the move, baby. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Barton, back to you. Uh, okay. So just to, to cancel out my carbon footprint for that underplay, I'm going <laughs> over... 67 and a half wow. Texas Tech Ole Miss. Um, this is another one like where I toyed with playing Ole Miss plus two and a half, but I figured the the you know the over is probably kind of the safer pick given that I'm a little bit unsure about you know you sort of never know what Texas Tech is, but here's what I do feel very confident in. And I and I don't and you never really know and, I, and Ole Miss's defense worries me like that that could be the what loses me my my plus two and a half. So what I really feel confident in is that Ole Miss in week one of this 2018 college football season will have one of the best offenses in all of college football. Now, will they have that in week seven? I don't know. When you got to get to the second team and a couple injuries strike, I don't know. But in week one, this Ole Miss team is insanely good on offense. Like, DeMarcus Lodge is a guy no one's talking about. He could be as good as any receiver on that roster with DK Metcalf and and A.J. Brown. Uh, Dawson Knox, no one knows about that dude at tight end. He is like a potential first-round draft pick. Their offensive line is has multiple NFL guys on it, um, and they've got experience. You know, Jordan uh, Tamu is a really good quarterback in that system. So, and we know Texas Tech scores, and I know Texas Tech brings back ten starters, and they've been improved on defense, and their defensive coordinator is a is is the step in the right direction for them, but. You tell me this this game isn't going to be a forty to thirty something game, like I I just I feel a little bit like why, why what am I missing here this this feels like a this feels like a just a absolute basketball game shootout and I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun with it enjoy watching it take the over I can't do it on principle yeah I mean I'm on this game I've got a lock for this game and it's exactly what you were toying with my lock is Ole Miss plus two and a half. I think Ole Miss wins this game. I think them being the underdog is wrong. I agree with that. Straight I, up. That that I agree with that. And it's almost like I I that's one where I was like, all right, well, what am I missing here? Right. Like, what, so you're looking at this like very puzzled by both uh point spread and total based yeah, on and, based and on probably your knowledge. even more puzzled by point spread in terms of like what that 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 just is fishy to me. All right, okay. Well maybe Ole Miss's defense is that bad and I'm not getting them credit or whatever, but I, yeah, they both they both look weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun, kick back, uh, and and enjoy the the override. Mm. 
that's you you know you know what that over actually that it's funny because normally if you were to tell me Ole Miss and Texas Tech were playing uh and I I would have probably guessed that the number was set at 71. So in that sense I I feel like you you might be catching value there. But uh but man, I don't I don't I don't want to be sitting there having to add up the math and scream every single time they're running the ball in the fourth quarter. So you got all a halftime to realize as you as you do your arithmetic that you just hit and you can enjoy the second <laughs> half and just because, drink beer. Because it's 35-35 at halftime. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'd be that at freaking end of the first. Um yeah, that one's going to be awesome. That's going to be a fun. Is that like a that's the, the I think that there we might see in the college football season this year there there might be a backlash to our growing under movement. I could see Barton leading an overcharge in the industry. <laughs> It, it is getting to be like Barton's overcharged. <laughs> Tom is leading this like it's like the cool thing to do now. Everyone wants unders, man. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. We're gonna get back to just like the game's gonna circle back around to the run game and three yards in a cloud of dust again someday. Uh, right now it's, it's cycling towards unders and and I'm cycling. I'm cycling back to overs. Yeah, the pendulum's got to swing back. I like the fact that you're leading the charge. We need that. We've have we we haven't even had a lock fight yet. No, we haven't. We've gotten a couple close calls. Couple close calls. I mean, um, I'm, I, I was almost ready to start a lock fight just on principle there for Ole Miss Texas Tech, but I can't actually do it. Tom, do you have uh, your Boise pick as one of your locks? No. Dag. I th- I thought we were going to get a lock fight there. No, Tom's got three unders left on the board. <laughs> okay. Um, is is one of them BCU mass? Nope. Wow. Uh, all right, Tom, you got three unders left. Let's, let's start to hear at least one of them right now. Uh, we'll start with a Friday night game between Michigan State or Michigan State and Utah State. Uh, I the total is currently at fifty one. And I think that's a touch too high because when I look at this Utah State team, I feel like in order to reach the over, it's got to score at least 14 points. And I just don't see Utah State getting any more than 10 at best against this Michigan State defense. And Michigan State, I don't think, is going to try to show too much in this contest because it has more important games coming in the coming weeks. It's going to want to keep some things in the holster for later. So I think this is the kind of game Michigan State's probably going to win 38-7. to So it's going to get up near that 51 total, but I don't see it going over it. Yeah, I kind of like that. I actually, in my very early 25-game uh, picks uh, list, uh, Utah State's taking the points was one of my was one of mine that I scratched off um, but I could I can see the under underplay making sense as well so you liked the Aggies uh, in a classic look ahead spot for Michigan State where they're going to be concerned about Arizona State yeah and I, I, I know I'm, I, I'm, no, 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 I'm kidding I'm kidding that's a joke there's no look ahead spot in week one that's the dumbest that's... thing ever <laughs> <laughs> well there is for some of these like there's uh, who's you know, well, Clemson's I, I, got Texas A&M next week, and they're playing Furman this week, so there might be some look ahead there. USC's got Stanford with a UNLV like that. That I could see a little look ahead there where UNLV's got some value, getting twenty whatever they're getting. Really, dude? I feel like USC and UNLV play every year, and it's going to be it's forty-five look, it's, to it's, nothing. It's, it's less about look ahead and more about what Tom was talking about. It's like they got they got to deal with Stanford, and they don't want to give Stanford a whole lot of tape to to break down spring and game so, offense. But, yeah, they're going to keep it simple and just get out of there with a win against UNLV and then unload it against Stanford. Uh, they're going to find three plays that work and keep running them over and over and over again. Where's Craig Bowl in the Tecmo Bowl offense? We're gonna, oh, he's got the best Tecmo Bowl offense. We're going to run left. We're going to run right. We're going to run the dive. Uh, we're going to beat Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, beat, uh, beat Washington State. I mean, is that are you are you on this one or is this just you? I'm not on it, but I'm calling it. They're going to beat Washington State this week. Love it. You're going to be you're going to be two wins down, five to go on September second. This is a big one. This is a this is a big one for my uh, my win totals because I can I can kill two birds with one stone. Hit with on the under Washington. <laughs> my Wyoming over and help my Washington State under this weekend. <laughs> Uh, that's a very good point. 
Uh, it's Barton. Got twice the significance. What you got next? Who, me? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. I got actually, wow, I got two Pac 12 games uh, remaining. I'm going to go Cal is laying seven, seven? Yeah. against North Carolina. Um, I probably would have made this play even without the suspensions. Now that the suspensions have taken place, I, I, you know, I still like it. Uh, I think Cal is Cal. That these are two teams in opposite tra- trajectories. Cal on the way up, really impressive year last year for Justin Wilcox, and impre- surprised and impressed a lot of people, including me. Uh, deep offensively, they return a ton. Defensively, their playmakers were really young and really talented, and I think that they're taking a step forward there. And I, I just think UNC, you know, they're heading out west, and I don't really think UNC is that good this year, and I don't think their quarterback situation is that good. And I, I just think that this this Cal team is a better football team playing at home across the country after beating them last year. Um, Cal's better than UNC was last year. UNC might be a little better than UNC were was last year. Cal's better than Cal was last year. UNC might be a little better than UNC was last year, but not much. I'm going Cal minus seven. I like it. I don't have any disagreements. It's not a lock, but I think that you could probably take Cal up to 10. Yeah. At 10, I'd get a little nervous just because North Carolina does have enough. Uh, like, Ratliff Williams is a really good skill position player. Like, there's there's the potential, I think. Cal's defense is good. I think that Carolina will still be able to put up, like, 17 points. But I, I, see, I, I see this being a comfortable win for the Bears. Tom, you got any takes? Uh, I'll trust you on North Carolina. All right. There you go. Uh, Tom, what you got? Uh, another Friday night game. Uh, the another under between Wisconsin and Western Kentucky. The total is at 52 and a half. I am going under, and this is mostly a situation where I'm playing reality for Western Kentucky. If we go back to 2016 with Jeff Brom in charge, Western Kentucky scored 45 and a half points per game. Last year, without Jeff Brom, Mike Sanford's first season, that number dropped to 25.5 points per game, a full 20 points off. Now Western Kentucky enters the 2018 season with three returning starters on offense. It has a running back, a wide receiver, and its left guard. Everybody else, completely new. And while I think that maybe a lot of us, including myself, have been guilty of overlooking the people Wisconsin must replace on defense this year because we're too busy looking at how its entire offense is back, I am not worried about Wisconsin having to break in a new defense against this Western Kentucky team. I don't see the Hilltoppers being able to score much of anything against this Wisconsin team. So I really like the under 52.5. I could see this game being like you know a 42-3 to type situation. I like that play. Yeah, that's a basically like a. It's like an. It's a way of basically playing the Wisconsin or Western Kentucky team under. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. So I like that play. I think you're. I think you're onto something there. And I think Wisconsin. Yeah, they replaced some guys on defense, and maybe that should be of concern when they go to Penn State. But I don't think that we need to sweat that with Western Kentucky. Yeah, and definitely not with crosswinds either. Um, <laughs> we got some crosswinds. Uh, well, you know, maybe not. We'll see. Not like you know. Okay, yeah, there's some crosswinds, <laughs> but they're not they're not super hard crosswinds. No, but they're about eleven miles an hour, which is more than enough to get the job done. <laughs> um, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the horns as one of my locks minus thirteen and a half. I don't even care that I'm getting a bad number compared to, you know, where you might have been able to get it when this opens down closer to ten. If if you can find it under two touchdowns, I think that when you put this Texas team after all they went through last year, including the way that the Maryland game went, and you take Ellinger and you look at sort of what's been uh, happening at Maryland, and I. I just see Texas going in there and taking care of business. And this is another one where, like Michigan and like Washington, like some of the other teams 
that we've talked about. Uh, it is a, a pick that is tied a little bit to my the preseason picks that we've had to fill out a thousand times over where I've just continually talked myself more and more into the idea that this is going to be a big step forward for Texas. And so, yeah, I, I think that Texas's personnel is two touchdowns better than Maryland's. And then when I start factoring in the anything off field, um, both the, the tumultuous off season for Maryland, but then also the sort of revenge factor that might be going on here for Texas I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Texas run the score up on him. See, I'm terrified of this game. Yeah, me too. I, I in fact, I would be inclined or tempted to take Maryland if not for all of the um, extra, you know, extreme, whatever, however we're going to phrase what's going on over there. Um, the distractions, I guess, for lack of a better word. Because I just think, like, this is... And a lot of the same guys are back that beat Texas last year at home or on the road. I mean, I mean, so I, I, I would be scared of this game, but I, I think given I got to think that all the distractions at that Maryland program right now are take their toll. And for that, I'm, I kind of can, I, I can get on board with it. Yeah. See my contrarian nature wants to buy on bad news. So when I see the line go from nine to 13 and a half after, you know, everything that happened at Maryland and the fact that over 90% of the money is on Texas, but I really don't want to bet on Maryland right now because it's a situation that's just impossible to really read and what's going to happen. So I I'm terrified of this game as far as betting it. So you're, I, I'm, I'm, I feel confident. I don't, I don't think that Matt Canada is going to have everything in order. I don't, I just going to be shifting though, Chip. There's going to be shifts. Yeah, I just <laughs> it's Texas. Like Texas should not have gotten into the game it got in with Maryland a year ago, and for that to happen at home, uh, I mean it. It goes back to the Barton the conversation yesterday about the. I, I would say that the conversation yesterday about revenge factor, and, and I'm sure that's it's been factored into the line, but. Uh, I don't know, man. I like I like this to this could have the opportunity for um, like a, a mulligan a little bit for for Texas for Tom Herman, you know, for for that offense for that defense especially. I I am very curious to see how Todd Orlando has that group ready and if this Longhorns team because if I'm going to believe that the Longhorns are a team that can contend for the big 12 title or at least be in that top three with TCU and Oklahoma, then that Texas team needs to be able to win against Maryland, especially with everything that's been going on. And I think that if it gets over 14, I, I would definitely uh, understand shying away from it. And I hate chasing all the money as you just pointed that out, Tom, but now nah, I'm locking up the, the Longhorns. I don't want to overthink this. All right. Lock it up. Lock it up. Uh, how many do you have left, Barton? One. All right, Tom, how many do you have left? Uno. All right, I'm locking up Boston College, UMass under 63. This line has been moving up because people saw UMass hang a bunch of points on Duquesne, and that is dumb. Uh, Boston, <laughs> College, <laughs> Boston College is fixing to win this game like uh, 42 to 7. And I'll take this cover by 14 points. Yeah, no uh, argument. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I can't. I didn't watch the Duquesne game. <laughs> don't, don't, don't have a don't have a UMass take. But I, but I am high on BC this year. So, out the gate, Steve Adazio. Let's go. Uh, I saw some highlights of that Duquesne game, and I'm just going to say that Duquesne has some coverage issues. I mean, you, UMass is just not springing 60-yard touchdowns against Boston College like they did against the Dukes. There was some miscommunication back there, boys. <laughs> uh, and then the other one, I'm going uh, Neil Brown as a double-digit home dog with a top 25 team in town. I, I, I'm, I am looking at Boise State, and I recognize that they have been pinpointed by a lot of experts as the group of five team most likely to potentially go 12 and 0 or 13 and 0 through the season. I think that Boise State at times last year 
underperformed based on how good its talent was. And it's not to a point yet. I like Brian Harson. I think that this is a Boise State team that will win the Mountain West, but it's not a group that I'm willing to trust going up against a very solid Troy program and Troy team, good coaching staff, uh, doing it on the road week one to win by double digits. I'm going to take Troy plus 10. I like that play on on the principle of home dog with Neil Brown and Troy, a, a, a really good football team. I think that'll be I think that'll be a competitive game. All right, uh, and all right. So Barton, clear, clear, clear it out, or throw another log on. Yeah, no more logs to throw. Um, I'm. This is my last one. I think this gives me six on the week. It does. I'm going Colorado minus seven and a hook. The hook, obviously, is not ideal, but I think that this is an undervalued team this year. I think Colorado, because they don't bring back, like, what, they bring back four starters on offense, stick six starters on defense. There's no there's no real identity that anybody can sort of latch onto. So I think everyone just sort of assumes Colorado's not going to be very good. I think this, this team is pretty good. And I think that the, A, I think the quarterback is really good. I think Steven Montez is really good. I think that they've got an offense now that can – is going to produce sort of regularly, more consistently, um, year over year. And I think Colorado State, like, I, I almost wish that we hadn't seen the Hawaii game. Um, and, and I wish that this was, this was week one uh, because I think, what, like the line moved from six. I mean, I definitely wish. Yeah, it moved a point and a half. Jeez. So, and I think that that's, like, like that wasn't surprising to me that that Colorado State lost to Hawaii. Not because I thought Hawaii was that good, but just because I don't think Colorado State's going to be that good this year. And I think that Colorado is going to be better. And I think that you know this is this is a defense that's going to have a hard time stopping the Buffs. And I think that this is a, a an easy win for Colorado. Two touchdowns. You called your shot on Colorado State being bad early. Now everyone else caught up. Yeah, and I think it's not enough. This should be a double-digit line here, and uh, and I think the Colorado will, will Bart- cash in on that. Barton loves Steven Montez. Good player. You can get it done. Yeah, I hope that Kurt Roper doesn't screw him up too bad this year. Uh, Tom, what you got? Uh, my final lock of the week is in Champaign, Illinois, between <laughs> Illinois and Kent State. I am taking the under- 55 and a half. It's in 56 place at some places, but 55 and a half is the one that you find mostly across the board. Uh, Kent State's offense last year averaged, I think, 12 points a game. In two games against Power 5 teams, they combined for six points in those Their two offense games. offense averaged 12 points a game last year? I believe. I'll double check just to make sure, but yeah, I believe that was what it was. Let's see. Let me go that's here, a, right here. Click a little phenomenal button. Phenomenal number. 12, 12.8 points per game. <laughs> they scored 153 points all of last season, 18 touchdowns, nine field goals. And again, again against Power 5 teams, they scored three points a game. Yeah, they they, they, they tuned up Howard for 38 points, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, I would never forget that one. But they're going against an Illinois team who had problems on offense last year, but defensively was actually pretty sound. It was very good at limiting you know, big plays. And I expect that defense to be improved again this year. And also, crosswinds. Mm, We've got, yeah. got crosswinds between 13 and 15 miles an hour going throughout the entire game on Saturday morning into the early afternoon. And as we've discussed on this podcast numerous times, <laughs> wind, especially crosswinds, limits points because it really limits what teams can do in the passing game. So science. Under- 55 and a half. It's science. It's science. I love it. I love it. Is there a, there's also a, a, is Woody Barrett the starting quarterback for Kent State, former Auburn quarterback that can't throw? Because that's helpful. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so, um, hey, a lot of clock, short game, crosswinds, perfect storm. <laughs> so to review, God bless science. 
two science picks. Barton, his card looks like this. Michigan, plus one and a half. Vanderbilt, minus three. UCLA, Cincinnati, under 64. Texas Tech, Ole Miss, over 67 and a half. Cal, minus seven. Colorado, minus seven and a half. Tom's card for week one. Washington, plus two and a half. Miami, minus three and a half. Florida State, Virginia Tech, under 56. Texas State, plus 16 and a half. Michigan State, Utah State, under 51. Wisconsin, Western Kentucky, under 52 and a half. Illinois, Kent State, under 55 and a half. It's a three-pack of Big Ten unders for all you folks out there. My card, Texas, minus 13 and a half. Washington, plus two and a half. Boston College, UMass, under 63. Ole Miss, plus two and a half. Tennessee, plus 10. Florida State, Virginia Tech, under 56. Michigan, plus one and a half. And Troy, plus 10. Oh, it feels good. That's a lot of that's a lot of volume this week. <laughs> that's a lot of volume. Those are those are uh the those are three three guys that have been really chomping. Just, I just can't just wait until get... next week we each of us has like two picks. No, it's yeah. minimum three. Like a Twenty minute pod. Minimum three, no max. Them's the rules. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, any, any, any other last early, I mean, this is our, our final podcast of the week. Any, any last big, bold week one predictions or hunches that we want to put on record for the people? Uh, Uh, somebody's going to (laughs) lose. There will be approximately 65 losers. Yes. But I mean, over wazoo. Yeah. I think that's, that's the big one we've got there from Barton. As far as me. I, I don't know. I don't really expect any huge upsets this weekend. I, I just don't see it in any of the matchups that are there. So, I mean, maybe I've got Tennessee covering against West Virginia, so screw it. Tennessee's going to beat West Virginia. Oh, my gosh. That would make me so happy. Let's see. Oh, the- here, here's an upset for you that I almost that I almost put on, but I backed off of. FIU Over has Indiana. a 10-point dog beating Indiana at home. Is that, a, it up. is that a Friday? Uh, that's a that's no, this, Saturday. It's a Saturday evening game. Is that on the Mothership, the Sports Network, CBS Sports Network? No, I believe it's a Big Ten Network game. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, for over season long, over under purposes, Tom, you've got a hot one tonight with uh, your Purdue under six on the line against Northwestern. Go uh, Cats! <laughs> uh, I'm I'm honestly Barton. That I'm starting to, as each moment passes, I'm a little more nervous about that Army Duke game on Friday night. I I'm not really sure what to. There's another good sweat for the people. That over under is at 45. If you want to really feel it, that'll be a good one. Uh, Washington State, of course, we mentioned the Wyoming one. Barton could kill two birds with one stone. Tom out here rooting for Texas Tech for his Ole Miss under. I mean, just I'm just a lot of action. It makes me happy. Gonna be fun. Gonna be fun. You can Good follow luck, boys. him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Special five no, star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point every cover.